Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Right, I'll try that again. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all the men in the room and father figures. We're going to have Jim Clark in a little bit preach and share from the Word. I have mainly one announcement, probably. It's VBS is coming up. And we sent out 2,400 flyers. And uh, we're, we're, yeah, so we, we, VBS is coming July 11th through the 15th or 16th. I forget which, how, many long, how long it is. And it's 530 to 830. I'm excited about it. Danny's really excited, I can tell. Um, you got a ticket on your way in if you're a male and father figure-ish. I'm going to read out a number. And what that means is after the service, there's a lazy boy in the fellowship hall. We changed it so more people could be involved. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't have the choir sitting in a lazy boy and then singing in a choir, you know. And Jim, I wanted Jim to be able to win. And he can't preach from a lazy boy. So we moved the lazy boy into the fellowship hall. And we got a care package right on that back table. It's got some root beer and some dad's root beer. And it's got some Coca-Cola and bottle, Cracker Jacks. Um, So I'm going to read out a number. And if you have a ticket, pull it out of whatever pocket it's in. And this will be the winner for this, uh, this Father's Day PCC 2022. Number 99. I'm positive. I'm sure they were like, are you sure it's not 66? Yes. 99. Anybody got 99? Dusty! Dusty! <laughs> Happy Father's Day, my friend. Uh, and since the Lazy Boy was free, if you want it, you can have it. Uh, if you don't want it, just leave it behind and it'll be okay. Um, I was kind of hoping Cornell won it. Just uh, not to be bad against Dusty, but I just wanted Cornell to win. I don't know. Uh, let's quiet our hearts. And let's just pause for a second and praise God for all the father figures. And what, actually, just say the first name of some father figure or men that have been instrumental in your faith. Um, and I'll start. Larry. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for these men that you have used to guide us in our walk to loving you more and loving others more. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, on that note, please stand and I'll lead us in the call to worship, and it'll be a simple one. I'll say this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'll point at you, and you say, let us be glad and rejoice in it. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. How about that? Okay. This is the day that the Lord has made.
please be seated. And then can we have our graduates? I think there's only one in the room. Okay, children's message first, Stevie. Perfect. You got me. Check, check, check. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Hello? All right, hey, uh, I'll tell a story real quick. There were uh, some third graders, Buster and Russell, who were good at taking tests, and they really weren't good at studying. And they decided the way to, uh, oh, there we go, the way to get around this was to cheat. And uh, they had a really harebrained idea. And it involved writing down the answers ahead of time on really thin, really narrow pieces of paper. And uh, they ended up getting caught. Uh, But they had written down their answers so many times because the paper kept breaking. Uh, They had to take the test in the principal's office. And they got 100% because they had written down the answers so many times they couldn't forget them. Uh, in, in the Bible, there's a couple of times, a few times, when God tells us that we should write down or talk about things that are really important to him and important to us. He says, uh, you know, when you're running errands, when you're on a long trip, talk about the things that are important to us. And uh, when you're sitting at home, talk about them. Write them on your, your doorposts, write them on your city gates. I would advise don't write them on other people's gates because that's vandalism. But uh, it's important. It helps us remember if we write things down. And uh, anyway, another thing is when I was when I was young, we had field guides for uh, if you liked looking for different birds or fish or butterflies or anything. We had field guides for that that would help you identify which was which. And you could, uh, you know, try to find your, the next elusive one. Uh, now there's an app for that, I hear. But, uh, so we don't have field guides. But people still use journals. And Simon and I made some journals for you guys. No, no, you, you, could you pass these out? Or just let them pick? These journals are for you. These ones are specifically to help you identify the fruit of the Spirit. Can, does anybody know all nine of the fruit of the Spirit already? Skylar's not here. I bet she does. But <laughs> anybody out there know all nine? Okay. Yeah? Okay. Well, hope, joy. What else? Uh-huh. Yeah. Faithfulness, goodness. Self-control. So these are all um, important things. And where do they come from? They come from the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you a real quick one for me. Um, I've lived in Costa Mesa for a lot of years, but you guys have probably been coming to this church longer than I have. Um, Well, maybe not the ones up here on stage. But anyway, (laughs) 
<laughs> we used to drive by this church a lot, and I didn't give a second thought to the people that came to PCC. And when I found out we were going to be coming here, I thought, how will I connect with these people? How will I love them? And the Holy Spirit knew ahead of time. And pretty quick, when we walked through these doors and met these people, I had love for them right away. And it wasn't, wasn't me because, yeah, it, it felt very supernatural. It was the Holy Spirit bore that fruit in me, grew it as if I was a tree and love was one of the fruits. So that's what the Holy Spirit does with all of these things. One way you could make yourself a tree ready to grow those fruit is to know about those things and to value them. And so we want you to look for them. If you're at the grocery store and you see somebody being patient, write a note about it. You don't have to carry this everywhere you go, but you can. Write a note about somebody being patient. If uh, somebody gives you a free ticket to a concert and you feel like that's a, a kindness, you can glue the concert ticket in here or tape it in, whatever, or just write about it. And uh, there's a place to write about each of the fruit of the Spirit. You can also pray for these fruits. Pray that the Holy Spirit would grow them in you. And uh, I think you'll truly be blessed. I'm, I know I'm blessed to have that love and uh, any of these other fruits that, that the Spirit's growing in me. And I'm still praying for more of them. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoy the journal and use it. And... Um, And that's it. I'm going to pray real quick, okay? Abba, Father God, we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would grow fruit in all of us, especially in uh, the youngest of us here. Would you help us to know your Holy Spirit, to grow more like you, in these ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Steve. All right, I wanted to just take uh, a moment. Could I have Robbie Macy up front? Is he here? Is Robbie here? He was here. We'll start with Simon. Simon, stand up. And uh, Simon just graduated from UCI with a Bachelor's of Science in Aerospace Engineering. So let's all give him a hand. And as, as Steve said, you know, the entire Atkins family really just kind of hit the ground running as soon as they walked into these doors. Um, fortunate for me, Simon, one of his callings was working with these youth, and he's been a massive support um, leading these junior high uh, students each Sunday. So thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, Ash, Ashley Byrne and Kalea Black aren't here, but they just got promoted from eighth grade, so they're going to be going into high school, which is uh, you know, a huge feat. And then Robbie, who's probably actually packing like bags for the homeless <laughs> right now because that's just like his focus, and that's what he does. He's just constantly thinking about other people. Um, he's been going to this church 
since he was a little kid, eight years old, I think. And uh, so we've been able to watch him grow into uh, an amazing, talented adult. And uh, he's going to go to OCC Theater Arts. And he's been thriving at Fountain Valley uh, High School, starring in all the plays and everything. So when you see him uh, after service, make sure to congratulate him. Thank you. All right.
Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is King, let the heavens ring. God reigns, let earth be glad. The Lord is King. The Lord is King, let the heavens ring. God reigns, let earth be Thank you. Let's confess our sins together as a congregation, as God's local outpost of his kingdom, as with these words that are found in your bulletin and on the screen. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have refused to hear the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It says in God's word that if we confess our sins to him, through the blood of Christ, he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, we are forgiven. Let's stand and sing.
we on? Oh, good. <laughs> um, before I begin, I've, I've, I found out something about Jason I think you ought to know about. A little story that, that came up. Early in Jason's term at, at PCC, he was driving down a country road just sort of to get his, uh, acquaint himself with the area. And as he was doing so, this was a Sunday, and time had gone by. He realized time had gone by, so he had to step on the gas to get back. And, of course, he was stopped by a California Highway Patrolman. Cop said, do you know how fast you are going? Jason replied, sorry, officer. I'm a new pastor at the church, and I was running a little late. And then the cop smelled something, and he got in closer, and he smelled something, and he said, Have you been drinking, pastor? Only water, officer. Then why do I smell wine in your breath? Jason looked at the bottle, then at the officer. My Lord, he's done it again. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Go forth with a smile on your face and thankfulness in your heart for God's good grace. Pray with me. Gracious God, I pray that we understand the true meaning of the example of the fruit of the vine and our connection to the true vine and the fruit it bears. To your glory. Amen. Good morning. I am Jim Clark, your substitute pastor for the next 20 minutes or so. I'm so thrilled to be here today because I get to talk about one of my favorite subjects, wine. (laughs) Not a word that is spoken very much here. I have been an ardent student of this fruit of the vine ever since I had partaken with several friends of a few bottles of Chianti, in an Okinawan pizza parlor in 1958. It's about 65 years and still going strong. As such, I was curious as to what the Bible had to say about growing and consumption of wine. And I'll get to that, but first I'd like to discuss just what wine is. No one knows for certain just when wine was first discovered or made. Safe to say it was B.C., before (laughs) Coca-Cola. In simple terms, it was discovered that when the sugar in the juice of the grape combined with a natural yeast that settled over the skin of the grape, alcohol was formed. Now, can you imagine the effect it had on the grower of the grapes? It gave them such a buzz they had to share this newfound juice with friends. Soon thereafter, monks from the various religious orders began planting vineyards. The earliest wine presses were feet. The chemical reaction that ensued, that of yeast and sugar, was the fermenting process. When this rather violent reaction ended, the stems, leaves, and residue were removed and the juice was filtered and put into containers. This wine became the primary source of income for these monasteries, and of course, 
This industry spread like wildfire throughout Europe and Asia and eventually to the New World. One other interesting fact. Occasionally some of the wine was accidentally bottled before the fermenting process was completed. One day, a French Benedictine monk went into the cellar and opened one of these bottles to sample the wine. The fermenting process in the bottle had created an aeration, a form of carbonation. The monk was so taken back, he called to another monk and said, Come quickly, I am drinking stars. The monk's name was Dom Perignon. And it was the beginning of what we call champagne. Famous man once said, In victory you deserve champagne. In defeat you need it. (laughs) Any idea who that was? Napoleon Bonaparte. If you're still wondering about the justification for the topic, hear the voice of Martin Luther. Beer is made by man, wine by God. Or how about this? Wine is constant proof that God loves us and loves to see us happy. Benjamin Franklin. One of my famous quotes is from an anonymous scribe. Wine is the answer. I can't remember. What was the question? Every box of raisins is a tragic tale of grapes that did not meet their potential. Just what is this fascination people have for the fruit of the vine? First, are the numerous types of grapes the world over which produce wine, white, red, and rosé-styled wines, all of which could be sweet or dry, Second, are the just as numerous grape-growing regions in the world. Thirdly, the individual winemaker's recipe involving the blending of several different grape varieties to create different tastes. Fourth, the complexities involved aging wines in either stainless steel or oak barrels. Fifth, the art of pairing wine with food. And sixth, each year is a new vintage. For most of us, it is an ongoing adventure of discovery. With that said, let us take a look at one of the more famous passages about wine from the Bible. This from John 2, 1 to 10. You've heard this story before many times, I'm sure. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour hour has not yet come. His mother turned to the servants and said, Do as he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind by, used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, 
Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he had called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This is the word of the Lord. The scriptures mention wine 247 times in both positive and negative context. Scholars have debated debated the alcoholic wine versus grape juice for centuries. The Bible mentions drinking to excess or getting drunk many times. Try as I might, I've yet to become intoxicated from drinking grape juice. Noted Bible scholar D.F. Watson states that all wine mentioned in the Bible is fermented grape juice with an alcohol content. No non-fermented drink was called wine. Almost everyone in the Bible drank wine, save for a Levitical priest and John the Baptist, to name a few. And despite what claimed today, what some claim today, Watson points out that even Jesus himself drank wine and was charged with drinking too much by his accusers. He points to Matthew and, and Luke particularly. In Luke 22, verse 17 and 18, Jesus, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. How was wine depicted in the scriptures? Wine was the common drink of the Jews and was an essential part in the worship of the people of God in both Testaments. Wine was used in celebrating the Passover and, of course, the Lord's Supper. Wine was used medicinally to help the weak and the sick. I have references to those, anybody wants them. Not every reference to wine in the Bible is positive. Drunkenness is condemned. And God's people are warned against the dangers of intoxication. What should the Christian's attitude be toward wine? It is important for Christians to understand the whole picture. Wine is seen a blessing of God and a potential means by which people bring destruction upon themselves. Christians should exercise caution with wine, practicing moderation and self-control. And toward one another, it is important that we allow for liberty without passing judgment or abstaining. One can drink to the glory of God, while another can abstain for the glory of God. From our Bible passage in John 15, verses 1 to 8, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. 
Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you will do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. This also is the word of the Lord. Think of a winemaker in his vineyard. Each vine he has planted is like a child, one that must be nurtured and cared for to produce much fruit. One is not more important than another, for they all equally contribute to the estate of the winemaker. God is the winemaker. Jesus is the true vine. We are the individual branches that bear the fruit. We must be nurtured and cared for also, for we are his children. We are all equal, all just as important as the next one. As we bear fruit, we contribute to God's estate, his kingdom. As individual branches of the true vine, just what is the fruit that we bear? It is the fruitfulness of obedient love, of winning people to Christ, This can only happen when we abide in Jesus and He in us. When we work alone, we spread emptiness. When we work with Jesus, we share a gentleness and kindness and all the good things that naturally attract people to God. Now I realize many of you do not share my fascination for the fruit of the vine. Do not feel as if you are being left out. In so many instances... It may be far better to not consume alcoholic beverages. I am certainly not advocating that you do so. I understand your concerns and respect your decisions in this regard. For those of you who occasionally imbibe, this passage is for you. Small passage. A book of verses underneath the bow, a jug of wine, a loaf of bread, and thou... Beside me singing in the wilderness, O wilderness, we're paradise now. This is from the Rubiat by Omar Khayyam. Pray with me. Gracious God, save us from ourselves. We want to abide in you, abide in us, breathe life into us, nurture and care for us as we bear the fruit for your kingdom, for your honor and glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Thank you so much.
Please be seated. As we, thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much for sharing from God's Word this morning. That was, a, that was really neat. It was just good to be filled up uh, and worship amongst everybody. It's just like a, like, I don't know. It's just, it was excellent. Thank you very much, Jim. Um, as we continue in worship, now it's part of the service where we invite you to get a part of the adventure by offering your tithes and your offerings into into this local outpost. And uh, the way you do that is you put it in the offering plates as you leave. And if you're online, uh, listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. And send them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's offerings and tithes are now received. I am the vine, you are the branches, and if you remain in me, fruit will abound, abundant in measure, come children taste and see. has no fruit Christ is the source of all life all he demands as we keep his commands is to faithfully cling to the vine I am the vine you are the branches and if you remain in me fruit will abound Measure children taste and see. Service is never the root of devotion. If we grow to the fruit of a life that remains in the vine, come, come drink your fill of new wine. Come, come drink your fill of new wine. I am the vine. You are the branches, and if you remain in me, fruit will abound, abundant in measure, come with the taste and see. Apart from the vine, a branch bears no fruit, for Christ is the source of all life. And all he demands as we keep his commands is to faithfully cling to the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, fruit will abound, abundant measure, come children, come Take 
may be seated. Psalm 61 tells us, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you are my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me abide in your tent forever. Find refuge under the shelter of your wings. That's what we do when we go to God in prayer. We find that tower of strength and that refuge, and God listens. Pray with me. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ, you taught us to pray, and we know you hear the prayers of our hearts, even when we cannot put them into words. We come to you in gratitude and love for all you do for us, and we ask that you hear our prayers. We pray for our church and its future and the roles each of us play in reaching out to the community with the message of Jesus Christ. Shape and reshape your church to serve the needs of the present day and to be ready for the days ahead. Open our minds to see and hear and our hearts to be willing to follow. Oh God, you know the concerns of the world. You know the broken places where your creation has been spoiled by war, violence, hunger, and want. We pray today for the Ukraine and its war-weary people. We lift this nation to you, trusting that throughout worldwide support, peace will be found, justice will be done, and your freedom will be known. Tomorrow has been established as a holiday, Juneteenth, the day when slavery was finally and formally abolished. We pray for those who still feel marginalized, and we pray for all who hold hatred in their hearts that you release that. We pray for our nation as we have again seen violence perpetrated against an innocent church group. While we pray for the families of the victims, we pray for a society where this happens all too frequently. Loving God, Jesus called you Abba, Daddy. We call you Father. How grateful we are to have such an intimate relationship with you. We thank you for the gift of fathers, grandfathers, and other important men in our lives and the special contribution they bring to us. As we offer our prayers today for the fathers of the world, we thank you for their love. May they model the life of Jesus so that our children can come to feel and understand a glimpse of God's love for them. Bless also the men who reach out to other children who need a male role model or a father figure. 
We pray for the many young people who are graduating, whether it is from preschool or high school or advanced college degrees. Help them stay true to their dreams and to use their gifts wisely that they may make a difference in our world. Go with them into the future. May they know that they are never alone, for you walk with them. Healing Spirit, bring peace of mind to the troubled, health of body to the sick, and wholeness to the spiritually broken. Bless those in illness, in weariness, and in pain, those who face difficult procedures and slow recovery. We especially lift up to you today Patty Ernest, Kay Deer, Gretchen Franklin, Dick Clark, and Gil Keller. We pray for Amy and others who are suffering with COVID. Bring complete healing, we pray. Be with those for whom life has taken an unexpected turn. Give them the patience, hope, and the courage they need. Give encouragement to all carrying the burdens of loved ones. Comfort those who sorrow and continue to use us as your hands to reach out to those in need. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray, as you will, but always to your glory and the welfare of your people. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you all to stand for the singing of our final hymn.
I don't think I've ever heard a more calming hymn in my life. Right? You just like, feel the peace of that. Um, I'm usually better about this. I'm sorry. I, I, I miss my mom on Mother's Day, and I imagine there's people that miss their dads on Father's Day. And there's some of us that haven't had good dads. And uh, I just want to pause and acknowledge that. This is a place of healing as well as celebration. And uh, if you want to talk through some stuff, I didn't have to prepare a sermon so I can hang out afterwards and we can talk. Um, I'm on vacation starting uh, tomorrow for the next couple of weeks. And so if you come into emergency, hang up, dial 911. <laughs> Anything less than that, email Sharon or call the front office. But uh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this break. Thank you for being such a faithful uh, family. And thanks for praying for this little minor pinky surgery. I, uh, it came through with flying colors. I got a lollipop and everything. But uh, for now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.